Pulp MX Network production. Pulp MX fans, we're 550 plus shows and counting thanks to your support of our sponsors. Get the Pulp MX app for iOS and Android today. Save money with discount code PULPMX at btosports.com and click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com for all other online purchases. It's the BTOsports.com Steve Mathis Show, presented by Fox Racing on RacerXOnline.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast brought to you by Fox Racing. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We appreciate it. Round three, Lucas Oil AMA Pro Motocross Nationals, Lakewood, Colorado. This is the wrap-up, BTOsports.com. Use the code PULPMX when you're checking out to save money. And uh, great guys down there, everything you need for your bike or body. OEM parts also. And uh, you can get a lot of Fox stuff over at BTO. And this podcast presented by Fox Racing. Foxhead.com, global innovation leader for motocross racewear. Kenny Rocks and Ryan Dungey, who's now got the red plate. They wear Fox, and uh, many, many other riders wear Fox. So check them out, foxhead.com, btosports.com. And, of course, this is all on racerxonline.com, the number one online source for your motocross needs after pulpamex.com. All right, I'm Steve Mathis. With me on the line, my, my boss from racerxonline.com and the voice of American motocross, the Jason Wygant. Yeah. <laughs> How are you? Uh, good, except I don't know that this pulp thing you're mentioning. Is this competition? Do I no, to be worried about no, this? No, uh, I, I checked all, I Googled it and everything, and pulp, pulp is the number one motocross website in the world. It's really weird, but I Googled wow. it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Racer X Online can get some banner ads on your site to get people to, mm. you know, your audience, then we can. Right. I'll, uh, so we're a little more core and you're more mainstream. Yeah, we can get some of those people. No, with. absolutely. We have a we have a column that dedicates a whole interview with just via text. We have wow, an entire amazing. yeah entire column. So it's really really great. Uh, also also on the line, he's a former German Supercross champion, his former Montreal Supercross champion, former Blackfoot Honda rider, and uh, former Subway Honda rider, former Edge Yamaha rider, no Excel Yamaha rider, former Subway Honda rider. Former uh, 3D racing rider, uh, former former tough arena cross Kawasaki rider, um, former a factory husky, a factory husky rider, former. I think what that's the one we said. The one that's seven. I rode for for seven years. The BTO Suzuki now KTM team. That would probably be in there too. I didn't say that. <laughs> I, thought, nope. I thought I, I thought I led with that. My bad. Um, yeah. <laughs> so there we go. Jason Thomas. Yeah, I'm ready. I haven't uh, been on this show, and I feel like I feel like it's been years. But maybe it was just only a week I missed. Well, we just skipped you for Jimmy. That's it. Yeah, I think uh, you were actually at Lakewood. Um, I was. Didn't see you, but I heard you were there anyways. So yeah, it's it's tough. I don't get to I don't get to bro down like I used to. Well, Priorities, I guess. But yeah, all right. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you were at Lakewood. We uh, you were there. You the voice of motocross. You slipped in Basset Hound early in the first moto. So. It's pretty good. Good job on that. Yeah, elevation made it easy. Right. Panting, breathing hard, that made it easy. <laughs> yeah, Bassets aren't exactly, you know, race dogs. So that, that, that worked out pretty well. 
You said they're hunting dogs, but I'm really curious as to what they'd actually track down. Um, they track down um, truffles. Yeah, they track down uh, table scraps? No, truffles. Anything within reach? No, truffles. That's what they were used for back in the day. Truffles are like... Uh, truffles? Truffles? What what are truffles? They're like mushrooms, kind of. They grow in they grow in the ground. Chocolate truffles. Yeah, they're truffle. They're like chocolate. I thought. No, 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 it's it's a it's a vegetable or something. Some truffles are a delicacy back in the day. Yeah, they're still a delicacy. They're chocolate. So bassets used to dig and find these things in the ground, and they're good truffle hunting dogs. Um, Also, 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 too, if you gave them a scent. Their ears are long, so the scent stayed in their ears, so it didn't, they didn't lose track of the, the scent they needed to get because it was in their ears because their ears are dragging on the ground. Sounds clean. These are all theories that I've, I've actually Googled, speaking of Googling. Oh, God. Um, all right, Lakewood, round three. Uh, we got to think of a word of the day, JT, at some point near the end of this thing. I've got a couple, but maybe you can come up with something so we can try, to, right. try to get Weege to get in, there, get in there at some point. But um, I guess Weege, uh, 24-0. Um, that's out the window, uh, and the sport of motocross has once again shown us that every single lap, you can't, you just can't take it for granted. You can't rest. You, you just never know because Eli Tomac went down, dislocated his shoulder, popped it out, and uh, lost the points lead, and 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 maybe probably be out for a couple of weeks, maybe. So you just never know, man. Yeah, and I think that's the point we have to keep emphasizing how shocking this is because. At first, it was shocking, I think, to everyone. And then there was some rationalization, I think, when you see, oh, look, it's Dungey picking up the pieces as usual. And, yes, Tomac has had some inconsistency problems in the past. So I feel like it was some were trying to make sense of it, like, well, when you think about it, this is what Tomac does and this is what Dungey does. I don't think that's really fair to say. This was just shocking. It was shocking. Yes, Tomac has had a few tip-overs and crashes here and there, but as I even said, I think on the Moto 60 show on Thursday. Like, outdoors, he hasn't been an insane crasher. He doesn't have a wild injury uh, uh, rep. Uh, it's, it's, this was just shocking. And he was riding so well up until the very second that it happened. So, uh, right up there with one of the wildest moments and unexpected moments I've ever seen. Yeah, right in the same spot as Stu, too. Stu goes 4-0, shows up at Lakewood. Steve Cox runs across the track. Well, we don't know for sure, but same spot, <laughs> same spot. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know what? Hey, uh, I tweeted this out last night, and I and I believe it. I heard that too in the pits, like, oh, you know, he's just going to throw it away. That's what he does. He's Eli Tomac. No, he doesn't. And, and, he doesn't. Well, he he makes mistakes in Supercross. He does hit the ground more than the other top contenders. That's a fact in Supercross this year. But that track, JT, that's gnarly. I, I don't. This isn't Eli Tomac throwing it away. So, I mean, it, almost everybody threw it away at some point. That track was gnarly. Dungy had some, I feel, harsh words for it. Everybody I talked to talked about how insane tough it is. Um, and even Andrew Short, who wasn't racing, was telling me how gnarly it was, and, and he thought it was dangerous. And, and it, 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 So it's not so much Eli Tomac throwing it away. I think it's a bit of both. I did hear all the critiques. The, uh, you know, critical comments of the track all day, actually, from the, you know, the morning on all the way through the motos and after the race. Uh, didn't seem like really any of the riders liked it. So no, I no. wasn't out there, you know, watched <clears throat> from a few different sections during the day. And I can tell you, I wouldn't have wanted to ride it. 
Oh, uh, man. Uh, and and yeah, and it was safety. Go ahead. Uh, safety wise, I just think it was, you know, that that's kind of an opinion type deal, but it definitely looked treacherous. Um, on the Eli thing, I haven't. I don't know where I stand on that. I, I kind of think he did throw it away. I think with the lead he had, uh, you know, you're always trying to manage the, manage a race. I think when you're when you're winning anything, and you know, it's easy to say, "Oh, you haven't ever won a national." Yeah, yeah, I get that. But I have won dirt bike races before, and anytime you get a lead, you're trying to manage it and and avoid unnecessary risk and do all that. And of course, you're still having to go very very fast, no matter what. So it's easy to sit here and say, "Oh, you you know, you pushed way too hard, you made a mistake, whatever." Well, you're going to have to still go fast. So I kind of see both sides. Um, you know, only Eli knows how hard he was actually pushing there. So I think he would be the only one that could really have a, a true right answer on whether he was maybe pushing harder than he needed to. Because I've been riding, and I've been uh, leading, say, like an LCQ or something, and I crashed for no reason other than I, I wasn't even trying hard. I was just riding around, and something stupid happened. So who knows if that's what happened, or maybe he was just, you know, trying to push you know, trying to push the lead, like, to get, like, a big lead, like he had at Hangtown. So, well, I don't J- know that he's the only one that can answer that. JT, we've both been going to Lakewood for a long time now, since it opened. I think we've both been to every one. That yep. section, how many crashes have we seen in that section? A ton. Yeah, and it was it was different, I think, than this year. This year than previous years, but it didn't seem to matter. It seemed, no, it still seemed no. like there was a lot of crashes there. Uh, track was weird in the sense, like, they scraped a lot of the mud off, or a lot of the topsoil off, because of the rains they'd been getting. But yet, some guys told me, like, in the bottom of the ruts, it was still really tacky, really spongy. Other parts were dry and slick. You know, uh, there was dust in some, in some spots in the second motos. Yeah. It was a really weird weird dirt composition, and it seemed like it changed everywhere across the track. Yeah, I think it started yeah. – uh... <clears throat> go ahead, Weech. No, you're good. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I think, you know, they, they scraped so much off with all the, you know, 28 days of rain, like uh, we were just saying on the telecast. But um, it's much different than we've ever seen there before because we've never had that scenario. You know, we've never had to scrape all the all the dirt off of it. You know, even with the rain we got in 2012, it was kind of beyond saving. It was just, you know, so much water at that point. Um, so it, it was weird, and I think they did the best they could. But I think if they would have left all that, soft stuff on the top it would have been a disaster so the only real thing i i think they could have been maybe done was go disc up the the faster sections like the downhill stuff i think the turns were were fine i think you know deep ruts and and nasty turns are no big deal that's not dangerous but some of the really fast sections the section where eli crashed the long sweeper uh you know that kind of famous sweeper that's normally really fast but it was it was slow and ruddy this year I think if they would have dissed those sections up after practice, it would have made, you know, things safer and mm-hmm. uh, the lines would have formed a little bit better. Because when those lines formed, it was it was mud. It was, you know, those lines formed in the first practice yeah. of the day and they kind of were locked in because it hardened up. Yeah, Dungey didn't seem to like the track, Weege. He was not a fan. Yeah, uh, there's a couple factors there. Certainly the rain, and I think what did, what happens is We've talked over and over how a lot of these national tracks these days, it's not even really their natural surface. They're all this, you know, rice holes, sand, sawdust, mulch, whatever combination they use. It's almost, in motocross terms, like a synthetic way of creating uh, the dirt that people want. Uh, 
And all you got to do is go back and look at uh, Ron Machine and Rick Johnson in 1987 in Lakewood, a different Lakewood track, but like a mile away to see what the Colorado dirt would really be, mm-hmm. which is rock hard. So I knew once it was raining, I'm like, I don't think it'll be a problem. You know, they take a day or two of a window of no rain and they can make a track salvageable. But to do that, they're going to push all the dirt off. And I'm like, there goes all the good dirt. So what is this track actually going to be like? It's like most of these tracks have that dirty little secret. I mean, Redbud is practically sandy. But Redbud was a hard pack track back in the day. Yeah. So you scrape enough, and you're going to see what these tracks really have. And I was really worried. I'm like, this thing could be rock hard and slippery and icy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe people don't even expect it. So you did get that in spots. Because of the rain, obviously the ruts were going to form, but I think what this all leads to is a big conversation on, and I don't know if this is being done consciously this year or not, but the tracks definitely hang down in this one were gnarlier than they usually are. Now, I know that every fan on earth, the answer is always leave it. Rougher is better. Riders are P-U-S-S-Ys, if they want any track maintenance to be done at all, look at the donations, look at the GPs, look at Villapoto. Our riders are wimps. I know that's the answer. I know, I know. But I also know that it probably isn't the answer to just leave it. I've said it over and over. Do you really think by just grace of God, sheer luck of Mother Nature, a track is going to turn out awesome without any manipulation or tweaking at all? Like, that just is crazy to think that could actually work. So I think that might be what they're fighting here. Dungey knew better than to actually say it was too rough. Like, he never went that far because no rider can say that because he would just be vilified. But I think they have a right to say, help us out a little bit here. Rougher is not always better, even though everybody thinks that. So I think that's the conversation this all leads to. Yeah. No, it's interesting for sure. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I... Do you think they're rougher this year? Hank, uh, that was gnarly. I, I don't, don't think Glenn Helen was anything different than... I mean, it was gnarly as usual. I don't think it was exceptionally bad. I think when you talk to these guys, you're talking to them at the beginning of the year, they've been racing Supercross, and they all say that, you know, and, and I'm not out there, so what can I say? But to me, national tracks are always rough and gnarly, you know? Even when MXA was going on and on about John Ayers and Son Paving Company, few years ago when they were grooming tracks between motos, example, Southwick and things, I still thought they got rough. I mean, you still see guys getting swapped and out of control. So I don't know. It's hard for me to say. I, they look gnarly. They looked gnarly last year. They looked gnarly the year before. Yeah, hang time's never smooth. No. I wouldn't call it in no. any year. No. I wouldn't say it's smooth. Um, but this is just so crazy what has happened at Tomac. It's like you can't help but try to figure out why. Is he hanging out too much? Was he not managing the lead right? Is this just what Tomac does, and this is just what Dungey does, or are the tracks too rough? Or, honestly, is it just, and I know people don't like to not have a theory at all, like you want to come up with an answer, is it just, hey, man, sometimes this stuff just happens, and it wasn't the track or Tomac or Dungey or anything. Like, is that yeah. the answer, that he just made a mistake? Yeah. Which could happen at any time to I, anybody? I think, it's Maybe the, it is. I think it's the sport of motocross, man, you know? Yeah. Yeah, crap just happened. And that was that's a fast section. That's one of the few sections on the track that you gotta be careful about. That it can bite you. I mean this year maybe there was more, but you know, there's the very top of the downhill after the ski jump down the hill, right before that section, there's a section where Tomac yep. crashed, and then there's that that sweeper in the back downhill that JT was talking about. Those three sections are gnarly. And they've always been gnarly, and you gotta keep an eye open yeah. for them, you know? So I don't know. Yeah, and yeah. I know Tomac was pulling a huge lead 
Uh, and now maybe you do look back and say, well, no wonder his hang time lead was by historic standards. Anyone else who had that level of dominance would have backed out of it at some point, and that's why he was pulling leads larger than they were used to. And maybe there is something to that, but I still feel that watching a lot of the laps that Tomac had this year, all of them leading, he looked fine. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, oh, he is getting away with murder out there. He looked like calculated and in control, and this is the way we've seen Tomac ride before in the 250s without a problem. I just can't really subscribe to the this is what Tomac does. He's a wild, wide-open, crazy, crashing guy. No. I just don't think he is. I agree. JT disagrees. I agree. I, I, yeah, I just I think it's one of those. Did JT disagree? I don't think he disagrees. Yeah, JT, JT says he puts it. He says he puts it more on Tomac than you, JT. A little bit. I, I don't know. I, I'm. I would like to know his real. I think he called him a crasher. <laughs> it's a big difference yeah, between Damon Bradshaw think, and he puts some on Tomac. <laughs> I do put a little bit on Tomac, but only he really knows how hard he was pushing there. That that's the key for me. Yeah. Um, if he was like, I'm going to smash these guys. I'm going to just you know on this track that's so sketchy. I'm just going to I'm going for it. Like I'm going to crush these guys. Then I put it on him. But if he was just trying to do his thing and made a made a mistake, that that happens. Like. You know, that just happens sometimes. Um, JT, you're not a doctor, but maybe you stayed at a Holiday Inn Express or maybe you've dislocated your shoulder. Um, how long is he out for? What do you think? I think we'll have to just, you know, he'll have to get an MRI done and see the, you know, the yeah. extent of the damage. I, I'm aware. Uh, that's I'm, be... Thank you. Thank you. Um, just what No, you, I was what, getting my point. What, Why don't you cut me off some more? What that do you? Great. What do you think? Like, if you had to bet. I know you're a betting guy. It's... If it didn't do significant damage, then he'll be he'll race this weekend. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. It, just, it all depends on that. That's what I was trying to get to. Yeah. If he if he tore major ligaments and did serious damage in there that they have to fix, then he's out. You wow. Know, I, I think it's very cut and dry. It just depends on how severe. Because when you when it pops out, you know a lot of things are dislodged. You can tear yeah. or sprain, or you can do a lot of things in there. But you don't really know until you get a good look at it. So. I've never I, done. I've yeah. never done any shoulder injury. Broke collarbone. Never had a shoulder. Well, I tore my rotator cuff. I guess. But yeah, and and that's the whole thing is every every dislocation is different. Yeah. So that's what he he probably can't answer that because right now it just hurts. So you know? what so, are the okay? So what are the odds? Would you say that he did damage? Well, he did damage for sure. It's just, no, but yeah, but did he do damage that they that it's they need to surgically repair? Yeah, that, well, you know that's the, the whole problem he, and. On, on I'm Sunday. not an orthopedic surgeon, so I, I can't look at his shoulder and say, uh, "Yeah, you. you know," thank because you. it's all whether will it stay in or not. But how many riders? How many riders? How many ligaments and stuff he tore? Just trying to get. I'm just trying to get you to give us your opinion here. On, I gave it to you. I, I, there's no. There's no opinion. I, I don't think there's an opinion. Can you think back? Think can you think black and white? Can you think back to any riders that you know of that dislocated their shoulder, and how many raced that next weekend, and how many were done? So what? Like oh, how, I've seen guys race the next race. Pop it out. They put it back in, and they're back on the line the next qualifier. So okay, so okay. Uh, more I mean, more of that, or more guys who are out for the year. No, I think I think that happens quite a bit, and guys race right away. Okay, all right. That's all I'm trying I to think get it's to. More likely yeah. that he's on the line at Muddy Creek than that, not. Perfect. That's all I want. Obviously, we but don't know. It's Sunday night. Said that, but... I have to I have to asterisk that by the the MRI is going to be the tell all in my opinion. Well, I think we all agree that and we all know that. And the way to throw in an asterisk plug. No, I, it's it's fact. I'm not trying to <laughs> No, I'm it. saying it's, how can you get asterisk asterisk medical. You said there's an asterisk. Asterisk medical spot. Uh All right. Um 
So I think one thing to keep in mind, by the way, is that uh, if you look at Tomac's track record, they don't really take chances with this stuff uh, like like others do. I mean, last year he broke his collarbone, I think, right before Vegas Supercross. So there were there were three weeks that he could have gotten it plated and given it a shot, and we've definitely seen riders do that. We've seen riders break a collarbone one weekend and come back the next with a plate, and that just was never an option. I mean, he just said he didn't want to get surgery. He didn't want to get hardware. He just waited. He essentially forfeited any shot at the outdoor uh, title on a 450 last year. So I think the Tomax, they kind of take that long game approach. Mm-hmm. If it's gnarly, they're gnarly, yes. But if it's gnarly, <laughs> I think unlike others who will take that chance and be like, this is our only chance ever to win a title. We are throwing all the cards on the table. I don't think they operate that way. So that's something to keep in mind. It's, uh, it's going to be interesting for sure. If he's out, uh, Dungey is your points leader. Blake Baggett is 29 points back, and no, JT did not have to walk home for an outdoor podium. That was never part of the deal, people, on Twitter. Um, I don't think JT would ever bet against Blake making the podium. So uh, He rode well. He rode really well. He was fast, man. Um, yeah, I, I liked his game on huh, JT. Yeah, he's, he's really good. I, you know, the starts are haunting him a bit. Yeah. Um, but he's, he's – I think he's gaining momentum, uh, you know, Keep in mind, he's never raced at 450 Outdoors. He has a whole season Supercross, sure, but it's still different. You know, he doesn't have a real good base on settings and all those things. Um, so he's, we saw a much improved Blake, more of the Blake that I expected to see at Glen Helen, honestly. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes from here, but I expect to see him running around the top five all season. Roxon got a flat front tire in that uh, second moto. Weege, I didn't watch the shows yet. He lost about four seconds on that one lap, so I'm guessing that's when he got the flat. Well, he crashed twice. He crashed twice. He crashed. Yeah. Yeah, he had a five second lead, and then the turn where they hooked back out of the start stretch, he washed out and crashed, and that's how Dungey caught him. He lost the entire time right there. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay, and then he washed oh, yeah. at the very end. So basically, right behind the starting gate, and then Dungey passed him on that downhill, that yeah. first downhill we were talking about, and then he tried to get him back, and he washed the front end again. Yeah, I saw, no, I saw that. So did he wash yeah. because of the flat front tire? Both times? Obviously the second time, yes. Yeah, that's pretty sad. Okay. I mean, you can't – I mean, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and assume he's not lying. If you look at it closely, the tire doesn't look flat, but I don't see why he would just – Yeah. That's a pretty crazy thing to completely lie about, so I would assume that's the deal. Yeah, and to see him crash twice, you know, like – and just wash out the front ends, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah, they were both clearly in front end. Yeah, you can't visually see the flat, but both of the crashes were – very, very uncharacteristic yeah. unless he had a flat. Exactly. Um, yeah. So let's yeah. say Eli Tomac's out of this, or he's going to be, you know, a shell of his former self, let's say, or whatever. Roxon is uh, 35 back. It's not too much, is it, JT? It's not. No, he's going to need help because I don't. Because how could, yeah. You know, between the two of them, um, I don't think Dungy especially will give a lot of points away. Right. So he's he's going to need some help, or he's going to have to win a lot. So take your pick on those. But yeah. of all the people I would want to be behind in this situation, Dungy's not one of them. You know, <laughs> yeah, he's just yeah. a bad person to be 30 points down on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, you have to remember that. You know, Kenny, I know Kenny did beat Dungy for the title last year, but it was damn close. Uh, if, well, he, if he had spotted him, as good as Kenny was last year, if he spotted him 30-some points or 40-some points at the beginning of the year, he wouldn't have caught him last year either. So this is going to be a tall order unless somebody else 
gets in the mix. I mean, I think he can do it for sure. It's not over, Some, but it's going to be tough. Somebody else getting in the mix is, is laughable right now. But it's true. It's I la- even looked at back at road well, but then I looked at the results this morning, and Dude. I think yeah. it was still 55 seconds behind or something. Right. Of, uh, Dunge. Right. Um, yeah. But if Tomac can come back, he's three back. Maybe he loses some points, you know, in Tennessee. But, yeah. One thing to keep in mind, though, we've already seen little chunks of points. I mean, that front flat for Kenny, that was huge. You know, that's essentially a six-point swing right there. Dungey gains three, he loses three. That's a, when you're down by 35, or how about, six points is significant. He probably would have got a uh, – you know, he lost, he lost seven points with a crash at Glen Helen. He probably would have got third. Worst-case scenario, got third, yeah. you know. So. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Dungey had the bike problem. So, I mean, you can make up the little bits. Um, no, no, Weege. You know, here and there. No, Weege. Dungey will get second every moto from here on out and rocks and wins, so that's three uh, points. Yeah. Mo- <laughs> I will. I'm glad this. Uh, the only thing I can say good that came out of this Tomac crash is I can then once again hold that up as evidence as to counting points is just ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And even as consistent as Dungey is, he had bike problems at Glen Helen. Like, this stuff happens. Right. Um, yeah. I'm guessing that. Oh, go he ahead. was going fast, though. Like, I don't want to underestimate. Like, I think Kenny, well, he did. He was going to beat Dungey straight up for the overall. Dungey was not catching him. So, props to him. What a comeback here in two weeks' time. Yeah, yeah, no, he looks good. You know who was yeah. fast? You know who was very Brock Tickle. Brock Tickle was fast. 17th, was. 17th to uh, 5th in the uh, first moto. That's after, after lap one. And uh, the second moto... He was, uh, well, they have him in 11th, but he was way further back than that in, in the opening laps. And uh, in the first lap, he made up a lot of guys on the first lap. But Tickle was fast. He was in shape. He was charging. 5-5 uh, five, five on the day. Great ride by Brock Tickle. But it's JT, like, with Brock, like, he, he could go to Tennessee next week and go 10-12. Like, he, he, he can't seem to ever build on these great rides. You're like, look at well, Brock. Well, I think. Yeah. I think he excels when the conditions deteriorate, if that makes sense. I just think he, when the track is really, really good and easy and fast, I think that's not his forte. Mm-hmm. But when it's slower and a bit more technical and rough and, you know, sketchy or whatever you want to, whatever adjective you want to throw at it, I think mm-hmm. he does better. I just think, you know, he's better in that, in those conditions, whether it's mud or ruddy or sandy or any of that. Uh, so I think we saw that. From him um, this weekend, it's just the, the right situation and the right conditions for him to excel. Yeah, yeah he was good. He was really good. Um, JGR guys, Weege, what do you think? Uh, I know one thing: David Claybaugh will not be using Weston Pike's quotes to me after the race for his uh, publicity uh, first track. So uh, Pike was yeah, Pike was not pumped on the track at all. F-bomb, Never. Yeah. yeah F-bomb. Did you did you guys talk to anyone I, that was? Um, yeah, not too much. No. No, I don't think anybody was was pumped. And it doesn't look, and again, we're not taking direct shots at David Clayball here as well as the track. I mean, it did rain for a long time, so obviously that messed us up to a degree. But did any of that track look like, man, I want to get on a bike and rip on this thing. Yeah. This looks awesome. Uh, LeMoyne called yeah. it an Endurocross. And LeMoyne in his Instagram called it Endurocross. So, um, yeah. no, um, and Pike, well, Pike said to Pike's credit, he said he's never liked it. He always hates it, no matter what. And I, I don't, oh. I don't agree with that. Like it's, it's sometimes it's been been pretty good over the years. Um, I don't know. I, Barsha goes seven six. He falls in both motos. Uh, 
But he was getting caught. Not a good day for Barsha, I don't think. 7-6 for 6th overall is one of those, you know, okay days on paper. But, man, he was he was third in the second moto. Uh, he was top three again, I think, in the first moto. So not a, not a great day for him, Weege. No, I, I think all the momentum and the little, like, wait a minute, they've got something going here that we saw Glenn Helen, I think it just went away. Uh, they went right back to the positions they were struggling in. It was an exceptionally bad race for Pike. But, okay, he apparently doesn't like to track in whatever he, he crashed, what, first and second lap of the first moto. And so he, had, he had no front brake. that one off. He had no front brake in the yeah, uh, second no moto. brake in the second moto, yeah. yeah. So, okay, whatever. That was a rough race for him. But Barsha was the one that really needed something to start building here. And I feel like uh, Glenn Helen was a sign of, okay, maybe he does start separating himself mm-hmm. from the like kind of best of the rest group, but he went right back into it. You know, he crashed in the second moto, but he passed Sealy at the beginning. Sealy came back on him. Sealy passed him, and that's when Barsha crashed. I mean, I don't yeah. think that outdoors, Barsha wants to be getting caught by Sealy. No. So that's just an example. Who? Uh, I also thought, too. What I'm I, hearing on the inside oh. there is Barsha's uh, testing skills, and I think the Honda people back this up. I don't, I don't think Barsha's testing skills are um, one of his strong, strong points. So I think that's been exceptionally difficult, uh, mm-hmm. switching brands this year. Some guys are better at it than others. I don't think that's one of his strengths. I thought he looked a little tired also. I thought a lot of guys looked tired, though. JT, you can vouch for – I was tired just walking up to the scoring tower there. But um, Anderson, he looked really tired in that second moto. And he's one of Alden Baker's guys. So people who want to – oh, he's – you know, Alden's a great trainer, does a great job. Anderson got really tired. <laughs> so uh, – and so did Barsha. Who else, JT, did you think it, the altitude and the heat kind of took a, took a little bit of toll on? I thought it took a little bit out of everyone, uh, just, you know, some more than others. And that was just, you know, a matter of the track being so difficult to ride. You, there was really no area to really relax and kind of no, let was, the bike do what it wanted. No, there was one because sense. there was one because I was standing there. The first turn coming up the start straight and then that right-hander, that was the rest spot for a lot of dudes because it was smooth, you okay. know. And I would watch these guys, and they were just – trail riding around that thing yeah well i think you know what i mean like it was yeah 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 much more effort to hold on to the bike because the bike wanted was going all over the place where normally even if the track's a little rough you can kind of let the bike float a little bit and it's 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 going to be manageable when you get tired but mm-hmm. man if you even let the bike do what it wanted for a second you would cross ride and crash yeah you know and lots of spots on that track so i think it was just a matter of that and then of course the elevation um, uh, it's a huge deal, too. So Purcell was just okay, I thought. Uh, Nicoletti was just okay. Phil told me afterwards that he, when he was following Purcell, he, he saw a whole bunch of really great lines. He's like, man, that's, that was awesome. He showed me a bunch of great lines. So huh. um, uh, what else? Uh, Freddie Norn twisted a knee on press day, so he, he was struggling. I saw Josh Grant walk off uh, at the end of the day with a knee brace on, and he twisted his knee in the second moto. He looked in a rough shape, too, um, so that might be a, t- a thing. Tommy Hahn, he hit, a, he hit a UTV. Did you guys hear this? Yeah, yeah. I said it on TV. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, he hit a UTV, and I don't know, hit his hand or something, so he didn't finish either moto. Um, what else? Oh, Kyle Cunningham is on a Teddy Parks uh, Suzuki now. He's got, like, a ride with those guys. Who knew? Yeah. And I heard he actually rode, helping him. He actually rode Teddy Jr.'s bike. Yeah. And Suzuki's helping them that Teddy Parks thing a little bit. Did you? I got a feeling Teddy just walked in the Suzuki rig with Pat Alexander, 
with like holstered up with his cowboy hat and just went, you know, like Moser. Yeah, and I feel like he walked into the lounge, put his six shooter on the table, and said, "What are we gonna do here?" You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I feel like happened because I guess Pat Alexander Suzuki just, you know, they're really helping out Teddy Parks. So good job for those guys. So Chad Reed did not have a good day. JT, what happened? Didn't seem like to go win all that well. Uh, I know he he's never done well at that track. Yeah, per se. Uh, even you know the year he won the title, I think he went three seven or seven three or something. Right. So going into the weekend, I think he knew it would be challenging, and then crashing on the first lap doesn't ever help. So I didn't expect much and didn't get much, I guess. Now afterwards, I asked him about his race, and you know, there's this camera controversy. Uh, he can't run his camera sponsor that he wants to run. And, I mean, he made it sound to me, JT, you know him better than I do. I was shocked a little bit. He was like, I'm, I'll, I'll pack it in. I won't, I won't race. This deal is that important to me. Which I'm like, okay, wow. All right. Um, do you think he packs it in if he doesn't get his way? I honestly think he does because I really? think he needs that money to finish the year. But I can't see MX Sports slash NBC slash GoPro bending at all. That's the deal, bro. I, I, I agree. Right. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just right. saying I think there are two, uh, two sides that aren't going to budge. So yeah. it's going to get ugly, I think, and we'll see. You know, he's going to have to make a hard decision. And there's so many variables. You know, how does this count tire feel about this? How to, you know, right. what happens to the team? What, does what does about, the team keep going and Josh, or I'm sorry, Chad just doesn't show up or? Yeah, the, the uh, when what and that happens, the camera guys. Uh, Will Hans got a replay sponsorship. Will Hans like, wait, wait a minute, you know what I mean? Then that opens a whole right. box of candy or worms, either one. Um, yeah. Into that, yeah. I mean, like the BTO KTM team is sponsored by ISAW. There's a lot of deals out there that yeah. all are going to you know be right. up in arms over this. I think. Weege, do you see him walking away? I mean, you probably know him the least as you know, least good as all of us. Uh, me and JT or whatever. Yeah, but I don't think. That- I don't think it has anything to do with knowing him personally. I think it comes down to uh, what are his deals in place with the other sponsors, such such as Discount. Can he just walk away scot-free and just not race? If he can, yeah, then I can definitely see it. Because, honestly, it's not like the results have been awesome, too. I'm sure he's not having a tremendous amount of fun racing, so that's not a motivator. So, But what about, I could, what about Grant? Just... Yeah, so if, if his deal with Discount is you got to get out there, you know, that's part of our deal, then he's really going to be in a tough spot, and maybe he will. But if that's not a factor, uh, yeah, I can see him not showing up. Oh, I'd love to be a fly on the wall for this this talk between MX Sports, NBC, Chad. That, was that a pun for the camera, fly on the wall? Oh, yeah, good one. I like, I like, I'd like to be a, a fly 360 camera on the wall for this. Yeah. For this can I say how much yeah, I love I... the name of this camera, by the way? <laughs> by, by the way, JT, congratulations on your new rider starting next week. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan. The funny thing is... You don't even know who I'm talking about. You're thinking about the other guy. I'll take... Oh, yeah, yeah. We're not allowed to talk about that. Yeah, I'm talking about the guy we probably can talk about. Kyle Cunningham. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, <laughs> lot, there's lots of that going on. I would, I'm getting confused because there's a lot of things happening behind the scenes. It's, it's great It's great to see... more riders like that. Weege, it's great to see Fly pick up a couple of privateers. It's great to see. It's great. Yeah, it's about time they start going with numbers. They've just always been the, you know, the, uh, no. you know we're going to pick one or two guys. Yeah. It's always been their thing. We're going to just get just yeah. yeah a few elite riders and not give anybody else any gear. So it's great to see you guys, yeah. JT, opening up your your pocketbook <laughs> that way and helping out well, guys. Like you know what? Up. When guys come to you and say, hey, we need to work something out, 
what are you going to, you know, I feel like we're the guys to come to. Fly. We're, we're really a bunch of philanthropists and humanitarians <laughs> more than anything. Fly loses Tapia, strikes back with Cunningham. I like it. Um, so, yeah, I think he was in his old stuff this weekend, but I, I, I hear he'll be in Fly. So Yes, correct. Um, what else? Uh, anything hey, else? I think on this read thing, on this read thing I, think we just, I don't know if everyone listening to this even understands the deal we're talking about. It's, I just want to sum it up. The deal is that oh, here GoPro we go. has he's going to get us all fired. He's going to get us all fired right now. You're going to get us all fired. This will be the last podcast we do. What? Why? Because I, mean, I, I think if you're talking about the situation that with Reed, okay, well, you're okay to talk about what's going on, but as long as we don't explain it, okay. Don't do the difference. Well, I, I just didn't know how far you're going to go. Oh, yeah. I think it's that GoPro. You can have a GoPro camera on in the races, and you can't have any others. That's the whole issue. Right. So, just so people understand what the heck we're even talking about. Yeah. If I'm uh. Okay, never mind. No, I'm done. Um, wait, uh, Weege, at the end of the day, Kevin Kelly, your buddy from the DMXS radio, the original yep. and still best internet radio and show. Still best. And still best. Yeah. Uh, he did the, the live announcing at the track. And so what was going on? So top Jimmy Albertson, he's already bored about his post-race stuff. And what was going on? What was happening with you three? Oh, yeah. I'm very not happy about this. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you brought it up. No, so, are, you, are you being uh, – do, do you not want to bring it, talk about it, or do you, are you serious? Yeah, I don't care. I'm oh, talking okay. about it right now. I'm going to talk about the GoPro thing. Why Nobody don't... listens to these podcasts. We know we're safe. Right, okay. So, so uh, yeah, Jimmy is actually paid by Racer X to do this announcing and these videos, even though the pre-show, which is the majority of his work, is not for Racer X. It's for the series, which is actually – that part of it is actually an NBC – ally sports thing uh to further clarify things at home for people the mx sports side of the company is they run the races anything to do with sponsorship tv media is actually run by ally sports which is really nbc it's just a different name so it's a strange thing that you would think that since davy's a media guy that would be the part he controls he does not that's controlled by ally obviously they agree to everything anywho uh jimmy is doing stuff for ally doing the pre-race show, but he's actually paid, I believe, by Racer X. So he said, hey, can you do a few other things for us, like a post-race video we could put on the Racer X site. So the first race, he did a good job explaining what happened in the race, but everybody had already seen what happened in the race. So he's like, we were like, you got to come up with a different angle. Got to do something different than just say who won. So he broke down the track last week at Glen Helen, which I liked. And then he said he was done with that. He had already done it. Two, two, do it again. two rounds in, he's, he's done. He's just switching it up. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, Kevin's not at most of these races, so I guess he thought we had a rare opportunity here. So he's like, the three of us, me, him, and Kevin, let's uh, ambush riders and see who could do the most awkward interview. And I'm like, no, man, I'm not into that at all. So then I start getting called out that I don't have the balls to do it. And I'm like, no, man, it's just weird. I don't like putting people in that situation. Like, you put a rider who has sponsorship deals in a weird situation on camera. They don't know how far they can go. They don't want to look like a dork, but they also don't want to burn sponsors by being unprofessional and they don't know that we're doing this as a joke they think it's serious i don't like it uh so i wasn't going to do it they kept calling me out and then i happened to see brayton coming out of the bto sports rig and i'm like oh wait <laughs> brayton and by the way brayton was good nine ten on the day yeah 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 um and then i go over to him and he just is at that moment facetiming his wife uh, while they're giving uh, their one-year-old daughter a bath. So I'm like, 
I think I just stepped into awkward right here. <laughs> so we just started shooting. I started interviewing him like while this is going on practically, uh, and trying to make jokes about his naked daughter and stuff like that. I did the best I could to make it awkward, but not too awkward. Yeah, and you never told these writers what was up. You just tried to be awkward. No, no, yeah. you can't. I mean, then it's yeah. not awkward. Yeah, 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 yeah. They know it's a joke. Right. So then when I'm done, Jimmy's like, that was horrible. You had a million openings, and you didn't take them. And I'm like, how far do you want me to go with saying I want to see his wife and baby naked? Like, how far do you want me to go? <laughs> right. Like, really? Like, come on. And he's like, you did so bad, you already lost. I'm not doing it. And I'm like, I lost. I'm the only one that participated. How did I lose? I go, I'm in it to win it. I'm Dungeon and Reed here. You're not even participating, and you beat me. So then we battled over how I could lose by actually being in it, and then he was willing to do one himself finally. And then Jimmy interviewed Brock Tickle and said that he was on the Subway Suzuki, not Jimmy John's. Yeah, oh, boy. Oh, that's, yeah. that's crazy. And then he decided that he won. And Brock never even looked at him, just kept going on about his day. Actually, it's pretty good because Jimmy then said, uh, he's like, you're on the subway, Suzuki. I know JT's your teammate. And Brock's like, yeah, what is this, 2005? So JT was actually involved in this. Little did he know. 2005. I like it. Um, yeah. Yeah, it sounded like a disaster of a skit. It sounded like a disaster of a skit. But I look forward to seeing how I'm it turns out. I'm not a fan out. of the ambushing awkwardness, people not being in on the joke. I don't like it. Um, style. Jesse Wentland, 16-16. Guess who had him in fantasy? Paid off big time. That would be me. And Jesse Wentland... Switched goggle companies this weekend. He went from a little-known company. They got an O on the strap. Are you familiar with this company at all, either one of you? They have an O. They, I don't know the company. Sure, sponsor Oakley, absolutely. Not really sure if they're popular or not. But uh, he switched to X-Brand, and look what happened. X-Brand, 16-16. Can you ask him why he went DNF, CNF, and Glen Helen? I would love to know that. Because <laughs> you had him on the fantasy team, man. Yes. Oh, you were so bitter then. You were so bitter at seeing him go 16 Serious question. I would love an answer for <laughs> Right, right. Uh, yes, uh, my friend Jason Thomas would like to know what happened. Um, all yeah. right. Let's please ask him. No, seriously, I know you do his goggles, so please let me know. Uh, all right. Why well, Derek Anderson? He was in 21st, and he decided to just pull off. In I had him as well. I have voodoo dolls of all these people that get stabbed. <laughs> oh, just Killy Rusk. You know, they... Killy Rusk. Yep, Killy Rusk as well. I had him on the weekend, this weekend. Oh. <laughs> um. Killy Rusk had bike problems, I guess, both motos, and so did Alex Martin. Um, all right, let's take a commercial. Does anybody have uh, Tony Archer in their top 20? Dude, I think it's time we stop. We start giving Tony Archer some more credit than what we've been doing. He went 21-21, so that sucks. But Yeah, but you know how that happened in the second moto? I think it was 19th, and LeMoyne said that he was just completely cutting him off. Uh, so LeMoyne just totally cleared, cleaned him out, and then that pushed him out of the points. <laughs> So, wow. Yeah, that was a good, that was weird, a good Most people would probably be like, they're taking each other out for 19th, but as we know, those are actually like the blood spots. Like, yeah, yeah. That's it. you yeah. got to stay in the zone there. Don't uh, get 21st. I thought Chisholm rode well in the second moto. First moto, he started up front and just went backwards. Like, terrible. Second moto, he was more, he was better. Got 11th. Charge, and charging. Riding, riding pretty well, you know? So, uh, there's a guy named John Short that raced, not related to Andrew. And 19th overall. Drew Gossler. Drew Gossler makes an appearance. Yeah. Who knew? I didn't believe Gosslers just keep coming. <laughs> you can't keep a Gossler down. They're everywhere. Um, all right, let's take a commercial break here. BTOsports.com, RacerX podcast, presented by Fox Racing. Listen to this race tech commercial to save yourself some money, and uh, we'll be right back. 
Hey, thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Race tech people, racetech.com. These guys have been in business for over 30 years, supplying racers, riders, and tuners with factory-level suspension to everyday racer. There's a lot of top suspension guys in the pits that got their start with race tech. Trust me on this. There's more than a few guys that have learned underneath Paul Feed and gone on to, uh, to great things. Paul Feed, the original suspension guru. I guarantee you, eh, probably... 82.7% of you people listening to this podcast need some sort of suspension work, whether it's uh, just a simple oil change with new bushings and seals, give your bike some love, whether it's the right spring rate for your weight and or speed, or maybe you just need some revalving on the machine to uh, help you uh, take first place in that Chicken Licks Raceway. Something something uh, on your bike needs attention for race tech. I guarantee you. Freeze, Gilmore. Some of the guys just using uh, Race Tech Privateer Proven. They work with uh, Ben LeMay also. They're back with Ben LeMay. And uh, they offer a full line of Race Tech High Performance Springs. These springs are called High Performance because they're extremely lightweight for their rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. You want to save 10% at uh, Race Tech? Go to Pulp MX 2015 when you order. You can save 10% at Racetech.com. And they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast. And we thank you guys. All right. Back to the show. And we're back. BTOsports.com, RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing, foxhead.com. I'm Steve Mathis. With me on the line, the two Jasons, Wygant and Thomas. And uh, let's talk 250s now. I feel like we, I feel like we skipped over Marvin last week because Jeremy rode so well, and maybe Marvin didn't get his credit that he desire, deserved, and this and that, and that, that's partially true. But this weekend, JT, this was all a Jeremy Martin show. Two whole shots. Two moto wins, two double-digit second leads. It was over. This was very much 2014, yeah? Um, yeah. I was a bit shocked. You know, the first moto, Marvin crashed and had his issues, and that happened, you know, just whatever. Right. But the second moto, man, Jeremy was just better. You know, I don't know how else to put it. He just was better. It was a, it was a very, very convincing day uh, for Jeremy Martin, so... You know, the points, he had some points to make up, which he did. And it's going to be interesting to see where he goes from here. You know, it's, it's kind of been a back-and-forth ebb and flow between these two. Uh, you know, the first race, they were pretty much equal. And then, you know, each of them mm-hmm. had a bad weekend now. So I think we're going to see a lot of this all year out of these two. And they're clearly better than the rest of the field. So they, they, I don't see anyone else um, getting in there. You know, I, I want to say Adam's going to be a factor at some, but they're just they're just better than everyone else right now. So the other the other guys have some ground to make up. But they want to be first or second. Yeah, both classes right now. We have some clear separation between the leaders and everybody else. So yeah, it's like a you know hopefully Eli's all right, but there's like three in that class and two in the other, and it's just who's going to win from those guys. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Marvin's crash was pretty good. You guys see it? I saw him getting up. Oh, I never did see the actual crash. Oh, it was good. Yeah. Did we, you see it? Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty Oh. Cool. You're the first person I know that saw it. We didn't get it on TV. Either. You didn't get it on TV? I'm getting up. Oh. No, I'm getting up. Oh, wow. Yeah, I saw I saw it uh I saw the end of it live and then I saw a video of it from somebody's uh camera or something, team camera. Please enlighten us. Uh yeah, just coming down that hill, the one next to the one where Tomac crashed and just landed kind of You know how there's like a drop off right before there's a drop off at the top and then there's a drop off at the bottom? That that mm-hmm. that second drop off just over the bars high side, you know what I mean? Like it was going good. into that left. Yeah, going on the left. Okay. Yeah, it was good. So, aye aye aye. 
his neck brace had come on undone before that, though. Some people were saying that that's happened in the crash, but I saw it off before then. So, um, Osborne told the press conference and told me that he had like an emotional breakdown on Tuesday with his wife, and there may have been some crying involved about his career and the way it's been going. So, I suggest to Zach Osborne to keep having breakdowns every week because he was great. He was fantastic. Why can't second overall? Yeah, I feel like this is the first time in a while we've seen what we thought we would see all along. Like, mm-hmm. it just, for whatever reason, can never get it going. I, I think we all know that Zach can be a good rider and can get good results, I think especially outdoors, but it's been forever. That first year at Geico, actually, I think was underrated. It was pretty good that season, but that's two, it's been three seasons ago essentially now, so... Man, thank God. And I was the one that asked that in the press conference because I just kind of knew. I'm like, I know how he is. I'm sure the fact that every time something is almost going right, shoulder pops out or his thumb breaks, clearly he's not just, yeah, whatever, dude. Like, I knew that he uh, wants dude. to succeed. He tries hard. He works hard. He, you you're, know, the, he uh, hard. you're the Harvey. I knew, I knew that that was probably hitting him hard. You're the Harvey Levin of MX Press digging for breakdowns. So, Zach, okay. uh, did you have a. <laughs> well, you just know how it is. There's some riders. Yeah that even when something crazy happens, they don't seem to even think it's crazy. They just don't seem to care. Yeah. But I think Zach really does try hard. And when his results aren't good, I'm sure he's like, dude, I'm trying hard. Why does this keep happening? So I guess that's exactly the way it, exactly the way it was. So I wonder what this means going forward. Are we going to consistently see Zach ride like we think he should be able to ride all the time? I feel like he should be top five all the time and potential podium any weekend. That's where I think he should be. Do we think we get it from him? I I guess I'm going to say yes, because I've been thinking that all along. So I guess I need to keep thinking it, especially now. Yeah. Yeah, it should be interesting to see. Great job by him, though. Yeah. Uh, Cincerello with a third yeah. o- third overall. That was great. Uh, he he regrouped nice on that last lap to get Jordan Smith. Him and Jordan Smith just going at it for 15 minutes, the last 15 minutes of the moto. Great battle between them. And Adam Jordan got him late, and then Adam got him on the last lap, or this is a lap and a half to go to get third overall, too, because that was the pass I gave him third overall. He would have been uh, – Jesse Nelson would have got third overall. So, Adam showed – what do you think, JT? Adam showed something, right? Like, he's, he, he showed me something. He showed you something, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I think he was good. I, w- I was happy to see him get third overall. Uh, you know, we all like Adam, I think, on this call quite a bit. Um, I want to see him do well. I'm still waiting to see the that speed that we saw Moto 1 at Hangtown. You know, I don't – I don't know if, you know, that was just a mm-hmm. adrenaline deal or what was going on there, but he hasn't ridden with that level of intensity since then. So maybe he's trying to keep it on two wheels or maybe he just, you know, had, didn't have that adrenaline surge like he did then. But you know, I, think, I know um, he's capable of it. I think what happened after Hangtown, though, I think the officially the, the, guy, the third guy from Blink officially broke away from the band, mm-hmm. and that could be affecting his mental state. Like they were, they were having it problems, they were having issues. Could. They were having issues, and then they officially that one guy just officially left. So, right, right, having a tough time emotionally. Yeah, coping. he he likes to text me after his motos and before to talk about his motos and what I think and how he was and all that. And I'm always thinking to myself, shouldn't you be doing something else? Like, do you really need to text me, make a joke or whatever? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, sometimes it releases releases a little stress though, like pressure and yeah. I, I I get it. Yeah. Sure. Um. I was I was bugging about Christian Craig, and uh, crazy right Christian Craig. We'll talk about that in a little bit. So I, I just I I said uh, 
I, I just texted him after qualifying, hashtag Craig. And he says, uh, breaking news, Geico signs Craig the lifetime deal. First five years on motorcycle and the rest taking care of owner's daughter. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was, it was a good job by him, uh, I got to say, for sure. Uh, Savachi crashed a couple times and crashed out, so he had a he had a rough day. Joey Savachi, and um, um, hit, oh, did you did you guys see Cincerello's side panel, the same one as Aldridge yeah. last week? Yeah, same one, same deal. Wow, what is going on over yeah. there? What is happening? Bizarre. Um, what about Christian Craig? Holy shit! And and that's another guy who was yeah. texting me. Suck at Mathis. Suck at Mathis all day long. And I I have to say like. I mean, I told him to make sure that he, he, he texts every media member, suck it, because no one saw that coming, right? I mean, no. Christian is... That was the best ride of his career. Right, right, thank you. So your first race in, in just less than a year on a bike you've never raced on in outdoors is your best one of your career, and I'm supposed to suck it? I, 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 I didn't have faith in you? Like, come on. That was great, though. And he originally, I think, was coming back to racing at... Uh... At Redbud, so this is like way ahead of schedule. Like, hey, you're still r- working your way into shape, but can you come out five weeks early or whatever it would be? I, so, yeah, wow. I had a few people tell me though his qualifying time was bunk. Like there, there was non-believers in the pits with other riders because you know he he said it like second lap of the green flag. The track got progressively slower. The second practices were way off. The first practices got rougher, got gnarlier. And everyone's like, ah, oh, you know, we, I just wasn't ready for my first lap, you know, my fast lap, two what laps. What does that matter? No, I'm just saying, like, once it gets rough. But he was good in the second practice, too. Yeah, he was like six best or something. Once it yeah. gets rough, he's not going to do anything or whatever. And I'm like, okay, well, whatever. I mean, you know. But, dude, not only did he, you know, did he go um, four, six, he passed about five dudes in the last five minutes in that first moto. Like yeah, Christian, Cra- Christian Craig, Iron Man. It was impressive. Really was, yeah. I guess we just have to see the same thing with the Cincerillo situation at the first row of Hangtown. It's never ceases to amaze me. You have these weird situations where a guy jumps in with no pressure and adrenaline or whatever it is, and they actually, although they should be the least prepared that they would be, that's actually the best ride they get. Like I don't know. Like I don't want to say that it was just that. Like this might be completely legit. I mean, he's a good rider. This could happen, but you. I think you always have to be careful to just assume because it happened in the first race. And it's like, well, he's just going to keep getting in better shape and just keep getting better because it often doesn't work that way. No, uh, I think no. you even talked to LaRocco after it, and he even said that. Like, we'll yeah. see if he keeps doing it without with pressure and stuff like that. But yeah, he did. He did. Awesome. Yeah, which is, like, I was surprised The Rock brought that up. Like, he wasn't wearing, you know, like, rose-colored glasses. The Rock, shocker, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, it's crazy to think The Rock could be a realist. It, right? it happens to a lot of riders. You know, that very first race of the season, first race coming back from injury, first race whatever, they're just on it. Um, I'm not saying that's going to be the case here, but it can be. I uh, I love talking to Rocco because he hates talking. So I, I go out of my way to find him. <laughs> he doesn't like he doesn't like doing interviews. He doesn't like talking. And I'm just like, hey, you want to do an interview? And he's he always looks at me like, and he wants to tell me to F off. But he goes, okay. <laughs> and, then he, and then he proceeds to give me nothing or whatever. Like, just whatever. But. I'm like, hey, and I told him, I'm like, don't blame me. None of your guys are around, so I got, I got to get somebody to give me the Geico Honda story. <laughs> so, um, overall, a good day for them. Yeah, a, a way better day. And I had someone from the team tell me, so, funny how that works with the fill-in kid doing so well. 
And I don't know if that's true. JT, do you think there's anything to that, to have this jerky off the couch come in and show you what's up? Um, Not really. I mean, they're, I think there's enough motivation out there without that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of I tend to agree. But um, I was, well, I was, how would they know? What they get the pit board halfway through the first moto? Craig's doing good, and then they get well, fired no, up. No, the qualifying like happened all the same race. At the no, same the time. qualifying. Oh. The qualifying. You see the qualifying. You're like, holy shit! You know, like. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's how these guys work. No, they're no. Really no I, well, if they're, if they're not going as fast as they can already, that may yeah. be an issue. Why are you guys yeah. shoot? Why are you guys shooting the messenger? What about? I hate these. I hate these theories. It's the same reason. Villapoto won that second GP of the year because he was pissed off. Look out. Well, well, then what happened at the other ones? He wasn't as pissed off. Uh, okay, yeah. Ricky won all those titles because he just wanted it more. <sighs> he wasn't actually... He wasn't... Most of the guys ride as good as they can ride uh, <laughs> as much as they can, I feel. I know. What about the side panel, though? What about the same side panel falling off? No? You guys don't care? No. I don't okay. know. Um... I don't want to be I don't want to be the one to rat anybody out, but I'm going to rat somebody out. Um, Alex Martin in the first moto, his start hook never came undone, so he he ate crap on the first lap coming down the hill. Shocking with with you know four four inches of suspension, three inches of suspension. He ate crap, and it wouldn't come up. And I watched him ride around. <laughs> he cut half the track off, rode around another section, and then pulled to the mechanics area. Can you do that? Is that fine? Even though you're last, is that still okay? Does nobody care? Really, I don't. But this is all on the first lap of the race with a mechanical problem, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Is that fair or foul? That's really Dude, hard to say. He probably. I mean, I legal, technically, no, you can't do that. I mean, he no. probably cut a minute off the track. I'm not kidding you. I, I know exactly the, what you're talking about. He hung a left in the sweeper. Yeah, just. And just went to the mechanics. Yeah, yeah, I watched it happen. It was right in front of me. Well, but. and then before then, he would ride around the he rode around the outside on the fourth sections before that. Which I mean, we right. love Alex, but I'm just saying. I'm like, did nobody catch this? So, anyways, he goes in, gets his start hook undone, and you know he's dead, 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 dead last. He rides his balls off, setting pretty good times, coming through the pack. He ca- he catches Marvin for fifteenth, all over Marvin. Goes down on the last lap again, and uh, he ends up getting uh, uh, 18th in the in the first moto. So he worked so hard to get up to 15th, and uh, then he got 18th. And then second moto, his rear brake was locked on, and he came in the mechanics area again. I don't think he cut the track this time. Came in, rear brake locked up, and um, he had to, had to cut it, and he had the whole moto with no rear brake, and he ended up getting – he had to come way, way, way back with no rear brake, and he ended up getting uh, 21st. So one. So Alex Martin was very fast again. I don't know if you, did either one, either you two notice him. We each probably not yeah, you. Yeah, passed Zach Osborne in the second moto. Yeah. For these issues. Yeah, well, we noticed it. We actually, he's a he's a legit contender now. We had we had both. We had him in the mechanics area with both incidents on TV. Okay. And I was really bummed because we even had a graphic ready to put on the screen. Uh, uh, Chase Stallo here at Racer X. He calculated Alex's points through the first two rounds throughout his career. Uh, most of the time he had scored zero. A couple times he had scored seven points. Uh, last year he had scored 28. This year he had scored 65. <laughs> he had more points this year after two races than the previous eight years combined. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that, is, that is true. Uh, so we were ready to put it on the screen like when he was doing well. And damn it all, he wasn't doing well results-wise at any point of the day. I was bummed. Hmm. 
Um, yeah, he was fast. Though. He was fast, okay. though. That's all I'm trying to say. I'm only bringing him up because he was fast. Well, I was also wondering, and we theorized this on TV because we were watching that he caught Marvin late in the race, and that's what Langston said. He's like, can you imagine the motivation? Like, he knows he's way back there, and he happens to come across his brother's main title rival. You knew he was going to be doing everything he could to make that pass and cost Muscat a point. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah. Oldenburg, I wrote this last week, Oldenburg needs three top 12s in the top first five races. He got one oh, no. at Glen Helen. He got 13th in, uh, in Lakewood. So, um, bummer about that. Um, McElrath, 10. Kyle Peters has been quietly pretty good, JT. Yeah, he has. Um I saw him cut the track pretty good this weekend. He went off the track, and then let's just say his entrance back into it was a bit creative. So, are um, they going to send him a photo? He, are they going to send him a photo of Weimer and find him? They should. They should. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he has been good. I, yep. I thought he was really good at Glen Helen. This weekend was all right, but Glen Helen was great. Jordan Smith did well. Good job by him. Nice rebound from Glen Helen. So. Good job by him on that. Well, and I think this is what they hired him for. This is what they thought he was capable of. So mm-hmm. it's nice to see him kind of delivering after a rough Supercross season. Um. Okay. Well, would you, let me ask you guys this: Do you think Christian Craig's for real? Is this for real? What? what where's his norm? What's going to happen? JT, we had a a fantasy show. We had a F- Moto sixty show. Well, wait, you weren't on it, but. Craig's name got brought up, and, and we talked about him in fantasy, and we all seem to think 10 to 12, 10 to 15. Um, so what do you think, Weege? Is this, is this the norm? I don't want to waffle, but it's really hard to say. Mm-hmm. Really hard to say. I mean, he rode great, and he's always had talent. He's always had awesome style, too. Yeah. Uh, oh, God, maybe he's, it's possible. He... And my theory is maybe he blew it by never racing a 250 outdoors. Remember at TLD, he always raced the 450 class, which yeah. – he wrote it well, but uh, maybe he should have gave this class a shot. Maybe this is where his speed actually is. But it's just so puzzling to think that he could do this. I think you have to put a little bit of an asterisk on it and say, well, give me a week or so to see if it's legit. It's just, to me, it's utterly shocking that he was one of the fastest guys in the final moments of one of the motos. That just seems crazy. You know how ex-NMX sports employee Jen Ken has an ass for days, apparently? Craig's got style for days. God, does he look good on a bike. Holy crap. He does. Um, yeah, he does. I'm going to get him to text you. Suck it, Weege. What do you think about that? I'm going to tell him. And he's suck gonna, it to me? Yeah, he's going to text suck it to you, just like he did to me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's what I was afraid of. That's what I was waffling. I feel like these riders shouldn't be texting me, suck it. I don't feel like that's that's very warranted. How, we're supposed to know Christian Craig's going to go 4 6 we're supposed to know this? No. I mean, no. come on. That was totally unpredictable. Thank totally. you. Um, and here's the thing. You have to remember the other side of the coin. To say he's going 4-6, you then have to pretty much be – you have to figure out who you think he's going to beat. Right. So look at everybody that finished behind him in that first moto. They would consider that an insult also. So there's two sides to every coin. I mean, he beat Cincerillo the first moto, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I caught him past the mirror the end. Would we have been pumped to say, you know what I think is going to happen? Going to catch Censorillo late in the first moto and beat him for fourth. Yep, absolutely. I'm sure that would have gone over well right. on the exact opposite side of the coin. <sighs> wow. Yeah. Hey, uh, it's supposed to be raining this week, all this week in uh, in uh, Tennessee, Muddy Creek. So could have a mudder this weekend. We thought we might have one this weekend, but 
Um, we didn't. Um, all right, anything else on 250s? Jeremy Martin, I know, I, I keep saying this, but you guys got to watch for it. He does seem all, all shucks Minnesota guy. But I think he's a lot surlier, a lot more competitive, and a lot gnarlier than most people realize. And I don't think it's a coincidence that he's been down at Carmichael's place for three years now. And I think some of that has rubbed off. We all know behind the scenes, Carmichael was a lot gnarlier than the, the nice guy that he puts on in front of the people. Oh, really? Oh. Uh, and I think. Oh, I did. Yeah, I didn't yeah, know that. No. You might have mentioned this a time or two. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. One competitive SOB, and I believe that Martin is the same way. I'm yeah. not even saying this like, oh, he's two faced. I'm just saying he's a competitor, he's a racer, he's a professional athlete, and he's a gnarly dude. You keep saying this. You brought this up a few times. Do you have something that happened? Yeah. Do you have something that happened to make you say this? Or uh, it's just an overall package. Even okay. like the way he was, and I said this last week, the way he wasn't bothered by any of the stuff that happened last week. Yeah, I think it's a sign of, yeah, don't worry, I'll beat these guys enough where it won't even be a problem. And damn it all, if that's not exactly what happened, seven days later he's back in the points lead. Yeah, no, you got a point. I think outdoors he's just a gnarly dude, and he's not afraid of anybody or anything, and he thinks he's the best guy, which mm-hmm. is fine because he is the champ. He's glad to think that. Uh, Justin Hill didn't race; had a crash in practice. I didn't see it. Did you guys see it? Did they show it on TV? Did you guys? I did. Okay. I saw it. Yeah. yeah, it was bad. Bad deal, right? Flaggers kind of bad. diverting him the wrong way. I heard, or I don't. I don't. Again, I didn't see it, so that's what I heard. I couldn't see that. Yeah, part. I mean, there everybody. was a bike down, and he landed on it. I didn't see the flagger to know exactly what was going on, but oh, he okay. did land on a bike. There's no doubt about that. Oh, jeez. Jeremy Martin actually crashed in that crash as well. Yeah, I heard that yep. too. Um, who's your surprise in the 250 class after three rounds? Christian Craig. <laughs> after one <laughs> race. <laughs> hey, uh, Bichelli and Aldridge are nine and tenth in the points. Quietly, a little bit. Well, I guess Alders got third at Hangtown, but pretty good for those guys. Um, uh, I think for Bichelia, you should. I, I think you should want a little more. I think. I don't think he would be. Really? I, I doubt he's stoked on how it's gone so far. I wouldn't think. Wow. You'd be a dick team manager. Um, well, uh, Morocco in this case would probably agree. <laughs> hey, there's an Aussie guy. Well, hey, I'm saying, it hasn't been anything awesome. Like, yeah, he's good in the points, but I'm sure if you go to Bichelia and say you're battling for 10th of the points, he'd say, well, I was hoping to be, you know, top five or something like that. Uh, 450 surprise, probably Nicoletti, 10th in the points, or maybe not. I don't know. There's not really anybody that stands out as a big surprise, like positive surprise. So, um, Blake Baggett, no, probably not, right? Third in the points? Not not, not really. I think everybody yeah, kind of been where we thought they'd be. I think so, right? Kind of. Yeah. Although I think the gap is bigger than I thought it would be. I didn't think that the top two, three dudes would be smoking all these other dudes. I mean, Barsha, no, I Barsha, Baggett, uh, Pike, these are world-class riders in great shape and everything else. And, and I mean, it's not even funny. It's like, see you later. Dungey needs to stop for a beer like Carlaquist. <laughs> um, all right, hey, let's get to... Oh. Somebody was uh, bench racing last week, and I got twisted around, and now it's Stefan Everts that did that. No, Everts did do it. Uh, also, he did it to, to, to. Oh, he did do it. Yeah, he did do it. He, he, cop- did. he copied. He uh, copied. Copied Oh, in tribute. I just thought I'm like, this is how this this game works, right? It gets all right. Right. No, no. Telephone. Oh no, he did do it. Okay. Pretty sure he did it. Yeah, he he did it to copy copy hacking. Um, all right. Word of the day, JT. Did you have anything? 
I don't have anything great. I don't have anything awesome that I'm just pumped on. What do you have? I got two. Uh, one suggested by somebody on Twitter. Uh, I don't know who it is, but Crustacean. Or, All right. or Cannondale. Cannondale. Can you get the, you know, Cannondale motorcycle? Jeff Gibson maybe is there. Maybe Keith Johnson somewhere in the crowd. Um, Cannondale or Crustacean? Hmm. What do you got, JT? Anything? I got sperm whale. Weege? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if I should be allowed to pick. I, I Cannondale, I think, would be cool. I think I like Cannondale. I don't know how you because I don't know how you'd get it in. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how you'd get it in because, I mean, obviously they make bicycles, so, you know. But how are they going to show a bicycle on the? You know, the odds of a cameraman picking up somebody on a Cannondale bicycle, pretty slim. And I don't know how you're going to work the the brand, the motorcycle brand, into it. But I guess if someone I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Rocky Mountain Oysters. Hmm. Um. If someone, sure you know what those are? I don't even know. No, I don't. I don't. Okay. Is it a sexual term? Is that? Uh, could be. Oh Jesus. Um. The the Cannondale thing. If someone pushes off their bike, you could be like, looks a lot like Jeff Gibson in two thousand and one. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I I mean, I just I don't know where you, how you'd fit it in. So you'd be pretty impressive if you could get Cannondale in. Let's do so, it. Cannondale. Maybe if someone breaks the uh, one of their fork legs off. <laughs> yeah. Like, they have a left-side-only fork, like the mountain bikes. Yeah. yeah oh, look at that. <laughs> Weston Pike still riding with only one fork, like a Cannondale, Grant. <laughs> he would. He would. He yeah. would do it. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's, we, JT, you're okay with that? Yeah, I think I think it's a little weak, but Whoa. You can go for it if you want. Why? I don't know. I just feel like it's uh, an easy one to work in there because it's it's been a part of the sport. You know, like everybody rides mountain bikes in this damn sport, so you bring that in really easy. Uh, uh, I don't know what's I'm he gonna fine do? with that. I just don't think it's our best one. What's he gonna say? Like, uh, oh, uh, you know, these guys are in great shape. You know, they spend a lot of times in their mountain bikes. You know, mountain bike companies are involved a lot. You know, Track Cannondale, all these guys are, are getting in specialized. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, it's, it's it's true. Might be kind of easy. Um, yeah. I don't, I, well, I don't know. We're struggling here. But how about Barracuda? Hmm. No. Barracuda. Good. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. Um. Mahi mahi. Weed you pick Barracuda or Cannondale, or we can go two weeks, and we, those could be our next two weeks. Yeah, that's that's what we'll do. Which okay. order? Which order should we go? Uh, Barracuda first week. Okay. Thunder, like Muddy it. Creek, Barracuda, High Point will be Cannondale. Actually, Cannondale, High Point might you could notice not very that, far from the factory. Right, their factory's close by. Oh, that's right, Bethel. I actually rode their track a couple times. And Davey rode the bike, right? And it broke, and like he was yeah. invited. Yeah, the to, bike like literally snapped. He was invited to come ride and <laughs> talk about how great the bike was, and then it broke. Bring it out for the media day. Oh, classic story. Yeah, there were. It just it was, it was unbelievable how bad it all worked out. I mean, it sucked because it would have been so cool and so good for the sport on so many levels. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
Yeah, the, one of the times I rode there, first of all, it was like January. The weather, by the way, in the Pittsburgh area in January, not good for testing motorcycles. Right. So that was a big miscalculation. And that was all they had. They didn't have, like, they didn't have a, a thing in Japan or Europe or California or Florida. Like, mm-hmm. this was all they had. And, of course, like, any time they'd have a couple, some of the employees would be out there riding one, they let us try it. There was always something wrong. Like, I tried one once, and the throttle, like, would not return. Like, it just... It was the weirdest, and it was like, yeah, we're having an issue with that. It was like they were always having an issue with something. Yeah, oh, when Gibson and Keith Johnson raced them, I mean, they got oh. they got a couple of finishes here and there, but they pushed them off twice as many times as they finished. Would you say, JT? Yeah, yeah. Keith Johnson actually hole shotted High Point, so that would be another easy Cannondale. Yep, the first one. I think was that the first one, first time they raced it. Uh, yeah, I think so. I maybe. do not remember that. He whole shot Cannondale. He whole shot high put on a Cannondale. Yep. Yeah. Dude, that, talk about the high water mark. I believe that was 2002. That's all right. Um, also, no, they two, were ni- I thought they were nineties. No, no, no. Two thousand. No, no. Two thousand. They were definitely two thousands. Absolutely. Because I was at KTM. They got a lot of heat. Dirt Rider made named his bike of the year in nineteen ninety eight, and then it was like two years before it even came out. Yeah. Much like um, Mike, much like Paul Varaka, yeah. the whole shot at High Point, also a High Point for no, that was uh, that was Robbie Skaggs. Really? Yeah, Robbie Skaggs whole shot at High all these point. years. I thought it was Paul Varaka whole shot on a Husky. No, huh, who knew? All right, remember our whole shot on a CR two fifty one year when everybody was had already gone to four fifties at that point. Yeah, bro, it's JSR. It's like yeah, Jesus yeah. on a motorcycle. Um, <laughs> By the way, Jimmy D won the Canadian National today. Very surprising. Good job by him. I would not have. I would not have picked him. Won the MX2 class and uh, Metcalf just killed him in MX1. Like, yeah, destroyed him. So, all right. Uh, BTOSports.com, RacerX uh, online podcast presented by Fox Racing. Wygant Thomas, uh, Barracuda Weege, Barracuda it is. And uh, okay. Thanks everybody for listening. Thank you too. And. Uh, we will reconvene uh, next Sunday to talk about the uh, Muddy Creek National. Thanks, guys. See you. This has been the BTOSports.com podcast show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, it, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. 
if they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pit and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in, I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 500 more great motocross podcasts. The days and the months and the years come.